Hi, folks. Um, we're doing Bradfield again. Um, the most interesting um, blue ribbon uh, seat that didn't quite get there last time. Last time I spoke to um, Nicolette Buller, it was last November, and um, she decided to uh, to be the shadow representative for Bradfield and Voices for Bradfield had endorsed her and she was trying to work out what to do next. So, okay, Nick, um, got what's happened since, what's worked, what hasn't, and how are you uh, making a buck to keep going? Um, <laughs> what's the state of play um, uh, in Bradfield? Um, but it's great to be back, Margot. Um, we haven't gone anywhere. Um, so what's what's worked? So we launched off, um, I suppose, relaunched back into the community with um, me as the shadow representative for the people of Bradfield. Um, we had uh, a, a little, a few sort of, I suppose, speed bumps along the way early on. We had some of the conservative members of the media thought maybe I was impersonating a Commonwealth officer. I love um, it, love it. <laughs> I was Get that well, on your case, you're doing well. <laughs> I was at pains to, to sort of say that actually, no, I'm not the shadow <laughs> member for anything. I'm a... I'm a shadow representative, I'm not the opposition. What we're really trying to do here is to say, look, we didn't get up last time, but we're still here and we're, we're here to hold um, our local member to account to ask for better representation and for him to take our voice to the parliament. And also, really, um, it was an invitation because it's a curious thing. It hasn't been done before that I'm aware of. No. It was about doing what I suppose is the, the juicy essence of this whole thing, which is... Like, how do we bring that integrity back to our democracy? How do we shift some of that power that the parties have had a hold on and bring that power back to community? And so we're really experimenting here. And that shadow representative for the people of Bradfield moniker, if you like, was sort of the embodiment at that time in November last year when we spoke that we were setting out to try. And what does that look like? Um, some representation, so some sort of, um, you know, constituents would come in with an issue and we would attempt to, to I suppose, use the system to get their voice heard or their grievance dealt with. Um, a lot of the issues tend to be very local, not necessarily a federal issue. And frankly, even though we had some extremely talented and generous volunteers turn up um, and be in our office, which we've kept, um, our, our hub, as humble as it is in, in Gordon and our electorate, pretty much for two or so hours over the lunch break so people could walk in off the street. To be honest, the number of people who walked in, it was good, but it just wasn't like, you know, we say in Sydney it wasn't Pitt Street, you know, at lunch, mall at lunchtime. Um, so what's the lesson there? I think as a shadow representative, there's other places to turn up and be. So on social media, um, going to where the people are in the markets, um, you know, side of, Sporting events, um, Kerry and I together have been doing some fundraisers. Uh, there's just other places where people meet and want to have a conversation with you, not necessarily come all the way into an office, which can feel a little bit formal. Um, so I would say the shadow representative function continues, but we are considering dropping that title and leaning back into pretty much what is absolutely the case, the that I am a declared community independent candidate for mm. the next time Bradfield goes to the polls. Mm. So um, you do need some funds 
and one of the reasons is you've got um, a sensational wing woman called Kerry Francis who purportedly uh, works part-time for a small fee but um, from what I gather is is basically right into it all the time. So I'd just like to introduce you to um, Kerry Francis who is Nick's volunteer manager but it sounds more like um, what do you call it, Kerry? Uh, keeping the plate spinning, doing everything that needs to be done to keep the show on the road. So, hi. Hello, Margot. Thank you for having me alongside Nicolette. Yes, I, I'm I'm chief of staff, uh, running Nicolette's volunteer operations, and I do describe it as keeping the plates spinning. Uh, some of the plates get heavy and they go faster and faster, but we haven't dropped one yet. So that's the that's the focus of my my work. So, so give me a a, a pin pin portrait. I I gather that um, you. Uh, you were part of Voices for Bradfield. How did you get involved and how did the journey unfold for you? So for me personally, the journey unfolded um, starting back with the uh, march for justice down at at Canberra. (laughs) So I was there with my placard and and two friends. We travelled down from from Lindfield. One of my friends in the car with a wide-ranging conversation said, Kerry, you really should go and find your local voices of movement because (gasps) um, they will help you uh, vent some of the frustrations that we're all feeling. So out of that, I went to find Voices of Bradfield and I joined them for meetups in the park, for kitchen table conversations, wherever people were, um, we went to find them. And um, then at the time, before Nicolette was shortlisted as a candidate, uh, I was working in my day job as a volunteer manager for an organisation called Primary Ethics, so providing volunteers in 500 public schools across New South Wales um, delivering secular ethics. So I I said that's my superpower. I offered it to Voices of Bradfield. When um, Nicolette came along with her wonderful uh, personality and skills, her professional skills, I realised that um, Team Nick would be running the volunteers rather than Voices of Bradfield. So I then offered my skills to Nicolette and here we are today. So... Bradfield, unlike uh, uh, the other Blue Ribbon campaigns, was all volunteer, all local um, volunteers. Um, Why did you decide to, after the election, to devote yourself to this, to to give up your your other volunteer job and and, and really, um, really go for this one with, you know, incredible, I mean, you you form a corporate, you've got all the organisational skills, you obviously indispensable but but why did you decide that this is what you do for, for the next year or two so for me so, so that's certainly true I, I started off my career in a corporate I worked for a not-for-profit with paid role with primary ethics and then the campaigning that I'd done as a volunteer for Nicolette looking after the volunteers and, and working with and alongside volunteers really piqued my interest in that third sector I'm somebody who needs to be active and out and about using my brain and doing things, um, making a making a difference. I felt that this was the way that I could make a difference, that I could say to my children, well, this is this is what's what's evolving. Um, this is what politics looks like and the fact that polit- you will find your tribe. Politics permeates lots of aspects of life. And what they've learned, they're at high school now, but what they learned in year six when they go to Canberra, um, this is politics in action. This is look at you know look at what Mum does. So for me, it's a it's a it's an evolution of 
what I've done in my professional career. I also love the fact that the office is just around the corner. So the fact oh. that we've got a, a Gordon office with a um, with signage, the fact that, I mean, Nicolette said we had constituents come in. I, I've had lovely conversations with people who came in. We had some coming in for the state election. They want to know, you know, first of all, is Nicolette running? And then secondly, um, where, where can they vote? So the ability to spark up conversation because you are there on the corner on the Pacific Highway is invaluable. Mm. Um, you know, I've said this before, but, um, you know, Bradfield, unlike the other um, big blue ribbon seats, um, it, it didn't rely on, on outside help. It's It's a real local capacity building operation. I, I think you've got 100k from Climb 200, you raised three quarters of a million. So on a low budget, um, you did very well. One of the reasons I, I asked you on again, Nick, is that you, you, you're you developing a, um, a method of, of local fundraising to keep the, keep the wheels turning. I know that you're doing a, a part-time job and are going to go even more part-time with the big issue this year the voice so um how is this experiment in in local fundraiser go raising going how, how does that work and and um is it is it paying dividends so far um yeah so how it all came about that's probably a, a place just to start which is uh really having worked in climate policy for 25 30 years i just could see the influence of big business in policy making, um, and it's not that's not a new thing that I'm saying there, but it was extremely frustrating. Mm. So it had to be some kind of exemplar on fundraising. Um, we had the luxury now, with um, you know a few years between the last election and the one coming up, to think about how we might, and as I said before, experimenting how we might actually really make this a community funded campaign. I don't know if it's going to work, Margot. Um, certainly, we're reason we're very well formally educated electorate and relatively up there on the socioeconomic like we, you know people in our area have means so um if a community can fundraise ours probably should be able to and the way we kind of lent into it i suppose is to say to run this shadow electorate function between the last election and the one coming up we have some minimum viable things to do. We want to keep this office as a community hub, so there's some rent. We want to have some continuity and professionalism that um, someone like Kerry can bring. So that's a, a part-time role, very poorly paid. And I'm, please don't go and poach her. If you're listening to this podcast, she's really terrible. You don't want her. Um, <laughs> I'm keeping her. Um, I don't we also have things like the money. subscriptions to our, um, to our customer relationships. <laughs> no, she's not. So these minimum costs, we went back to our um, major donors. These are people who gave us um, at least $5,000 each last election and asked them whether they would be willing to pledge every year a minimum amount so that we could keep these function the operations going. We were delighted that um, eight out of the 12 people said yes. So we've still got a little bit of a fundraising to go, extremely generous. Um, and then the next part is, so that's that's the basis, if you like, and now we're fundraising to ask um, a, a proportion of the electorate, 2,000 people, we're hoping, will give us $25 a month or $300 once off, which is a lot of money, 
can I say, mm. but it's kind of audacious. And, and, if, and we're actually asking if you can't give the cash, perhaps you can do some in-kind, like just however you can, um, because this starts to do, gives us the, um, the funds to do things like putting the $2,000 contribution to the Voices of Bradfield leaflet, which will go out to everybody in the electorate over the next few weeks to invite them to a town hall meeting to launch the Bradfield Yes campaign. Um, and so I felt there's a real, you know, that's the, 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 I'll call it the cream, but that campaign finance, it comes from the community and we're spending those resources back in the community um, and that's the bit we're experimenting with. So far we have, I think, out of our 2000 target as of today, about 54. Gee, that's so, good. <laughs> so I'll take it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and people are actually committed then. It's, you know, there's a there's a commitment there that has to be worth a lot, actually. It's stunning. That's right. And there are some volunteers um, who, you know, that it's it's not a new term, but we people give their time, um, their treasure or their talent. Um, and, mm. yeah, that's and, – and genuinely people give how they can. And it continues to be a really inspiring and extremely generous and smart group of people who have stayed involved. And some of them are still just as much, but they've said, can you come back to us six weeks before the next election? I'm busy doing other things, yeah. um, which is completely fine. Everybody, when they can, how they can. And, so, and if so, I may just jump in to um, build out a bit more what Nicolette has said, they also feel a connection. So the fact that we can have small group, like you know, 15 to 30 people in our wonderful Gordon office, for a discussion um, where they can make their voices heard and and know that we are listening to them. So that is also invaluable. So um, I gather, Kerry, that you, you became a s secretary for Voices for Bradfield after the election for a, a while. And, and one, one of my concerns was, you know, in this grand experiment, it's the first time it's been done where a, a voices group immediately endorses the losing candidate the next election, I was sort of concerned what their role would be. And and, and you told me that you, you did a survey of, of your members, the Voices of Bradfield, about their top five issues and, and, and there was the voice. Um, and, and that led you, Voices of Bradfield, to go, yes, this is what we do this year. We will be um, Bradfield, Bradfield for yes. Um, how did um, that... Inter interplay with um, with Nick. Well, for me, it's been very interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm no longer on Voices of Bradford Executive, but at the time, just after the election, everybody was both celebrating what we'd achieved, but also trying to work out what does that mean, not just for Nicolette in exploring this shadow representative role, but also, well, how does Voices of Bradfield coexist? and as a separately constituted organisation, pursue its own journey um, because there are areas where Voices of Bradfield might want to explore things that Nicolette was, wouldn't necessarily be focusing on at the same time. Um, so we certainly did that. Mem we did the member survey. We asked people to prioritise their top five. And I'm inevitably not going to remember all of them. Vo uh, the Voice was there. Refugees was there. Climate was still there. Um, I can't remember what the other two are, and I and I don't want to misspeak. Uh, but given that, uh, certainly for Voices of Bradfield at the moment, and again, I'm not on the executive, so I would I'm sure you'd be 
welcoming Dr. Helen Cannon as the president of Voices of Bradfield onto your Oh, I hope so. I got the request um, out. Uh, but we are all very aware that this is a time-limited project, a set of activities that will come to a conclusion in October, November, whenever the date is um, set. And therefore, for the moment, Voices of Bradfield is very much focused on uh, hosting events in collaboration with Nicolette. So what's been really pleasing to me as somebody who for a while straddled both sides as Nicolette's chief of staff and also as a secretary for Voices of Bradfield, there's an ongoing dialogue between um, between the two organisations, recognising that we all effectively want the same thing, even if you bring different aspects to bear. So, Nicolette, I, I imagine when you know you were considering this, your first thought would be, "Well, I'll go and consult with the electorate." I, I would assume that you had a policy to support the voice before the election. That's right. The Uluru Statement of the Heart was um, yes up on the website as something like yeah. unequivocally supported. Yes. Yeah. So, why did you decide to join with Voices for Bradfield to? promote a yes from the beginning what what was mm. the trigger for that well uh, i actually wasn't uh, i personally had come out as we just discussed mm. as a yes person uh, voting yes um but in my role as a shadow representative i had anticipated i would be focusing on improving civics of so in telling if you if you're 40 what's it 48 years and under you haven't voted in a referendum before the last one was 1999 so and we've got a lot of first and second time voters in our electorate as well so there's a lot of education what is a referendum how does it work how, how you how do we win a referendum you know the the majority of states type thing and majority of people and then and, 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 you know and and the territories don't count kind of thing um but also how do you get informed that was where i thought I wanted to play because I'm all about improving mm. democracy. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, I'm yet to see how to, how to assess this, but the um, uh, our sitting member who is a part of the uh, shadow front bench, um, the yeah, in their wisdom for somehow, the Liberal National Party decided that they're going to run a no campaign, which really, frankly, Margot forced my hand mm. to say, look, I'm going to continue on the civics, but I just have to, I have to stand up and do an advo- and do strong advocacy for yes. Mm. Uh, it's just not okay. And when um, I changed my position from a I'm neutral, I'm going to help educate people mm. to, no, nope, this is us promoting yes outcome, um, we had some people approach us in the office, um, both walk-ins and also email-ins, people who didn't vote for me last time, but said that this is just a step too far mm. and um, we want to help out how we can. So um, that's kind of how I ended up doing the yeses. It's a little complex because part of this is I don't want culture wars. I want to take no. the politics out of this. And that's why I thought, you know what, um, I'm not going to run Nicolette's campaign on The Voice. So that's when I opened up that, reopened that dialogue with Voices of Bradfield and said, okay, how can I support what you want to do? Because I know that's on your top five list this time around. And they said, "Um, come and help us with our kitchen table conversations. We want to have uh, town hall meetings. We want, you know, we want to engage the electorate. So come and help us do that. And that's kind of where we're up to. 
and we also so, so when when Nicolette made the announcement that she was going to to take on the advocacy role um there were six people who signed up over that weekend as new volunteers so there was yeah. an immediate reaction um and and also we had we know that the the referendum is an appeal to the people of Australia that that we don't want it to become political uh but yet there were a number of Nicolette's volunteers who already had gone out to become who had done the training to run kitchen table conversations whether it was with walking together whether it was with the s23 whether it was with um north sydney alliance for the uluru statement so they mm. had got this is a cause that was dear to them they were very receptive to the fact that nicolette was taking on this advocacy role. in fact they welcomed mm. it and had been pushing mm. for it yeah I, I don't know if you're aware but uh, mary crooks and the victorian women's trust is running a campaign under the umbrella of um, Yes uh, 23 to, to, to put together a whole kitchen table conversations plan with mentoring, et cetera, it, 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 sort of, it really fits in with the, the community independence movement, doesn't it? The, 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 I mean, the, on, the only way this, this thing's going to get up in the absence of, of bipartisanship is if, if it's done at the grassroots level. That, that, that's the only way, isn't it, uh, that I can see? I think it is, um, and uh, talking about the Victorian Women's Trust, they were, that formula, the kitchen table conversation back in 1999, that that, that helped it get some public policy and election outcomes even from back then on specific issues right through to um, helping the election of Cathy McGowan and Indai um, in uh, 2013. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, it's it's proven. It certainly works in our area as well. Um, it, people want to have a safe place where they can talk about issues um, and the kitchen table conversation is a really key part of our grassroots conversation and our strategy in terms of, you know, turning Bradfield yes. So I, I gather that, that you were largely responsible for, for putting together the panel. So, so ten, tell me the panel that, that, that Voices for Bradfield has and how you're going to publicise it, um, and uh, and when it's going to happen. Over to you, Kerry. Cool. Um, so uh, the, the the panel is on Sunday, the twenty third of July. Mm-hmm. It is going to be held at St Ives Community Centre, which is the uh, centre that Nicolette had also used for the launch of her campaign back in January, twenty twenty two. We have on the panel in no particular order. We have Desmond Campbell, who's the chief executive uh, of Welcome to Country. Mm-hmm. We have Adam Davids, who is a Fulbright scholar. Um, we And they are both Indigenous men. We have Dr. Shireen Morris, who is a constitutional expert from the Macquarie University. Um, Nicolette herself and Zali Segal, the federal member for Warringah, is coming. And the whole, the whole session will be moderated by Dr. Helen Cannon, as president of Bradfield, the voice of Bradfield. So why is Zali there? Um, what, what will she be saying um, uh, from the perspective of a, of a sitting independent MP? What, what will her perspective be? Um, well, 
having watched Zali over the last few years, I don't think anyone can say what Zali is going to say or do, but what I'm part of the invitation to Zali to be part of the panel is because, um, you know, this is her second term. So she's been one of those uh, lawmakers, if you like, mm. in Parliament who's passed laws um, for and on behalf of, you know, policies that are going to impact First Nations peoples. So really want to get her perspective on if there was a voice to parliament, how might something have been different? How has she yeah. felt that those representations have or haven't been made in the policy yeah. making that she's experienced as a parliamentarian? So um, it's not unhelpful that she's down the road. Um, we like to keep our air miles and our greenhouse gas emissions a little limited. Oh, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's 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 the. I think that's what I, I want. It was really hard. I, we did think to we invite a local member. Um, we have Julian Lisa is up the road for the member for Barara, who was also. Have you invited of, the local member? No, we haven't. This is a yes campaign, so launch. So no, we haven't. But we are genuinely thinking about. The mechanics of this and you know no one's wrong here we do need to have an, a conversation with people wherever they are there we you know talk about the hard yeses the soft yeses the soft noes and the hard noes there's another we, one there's a, another one nick don't know just don't know don't know haven't got any information wondering what it's all about it's a big group i can tell you from my personal experience up here in the in the country yeah it's, it's a big group it's fair. It's fair. I did my own survey at um, Cairns Airport a few weeks ago um, with um, eight people and 100% of those eight people were in the Dano category. Yeah. yeah. So the <laughs> yeah. thing you've got to do is you've got to get the soft no's, the soft yeses and the God knows what the hell is this. You've got to get them to turn up um, and mm-hmm. presumably they'll be asking questions and, and all that sort of thing. It'll be yeah, an open yeah. So how, how how are you publicising it? How are you um, creating the, um, the the momentum to get it to get a big crowd with a, with a lot a lot to listen to and a lot to say? Um, I'll, I'll let, I'll, so we are letterboxing the entire electorate, sixty sixty three thousand letterboxes um, with an invitation. Say again. How much does that cost you? Uh, all up, um, about five and a half thousand dollars. Pretty good value, isn't it? It's pretty good value. We've had some in-kind contributions for the graphic design. Fabulous. Um, and, of course, our extremely generous volunteers are going to be doing the delivery. Yeah. So you that's- know what? They, they really welcome the chance to lace up their boots and get out there again because for some, for some people um, volunteering to do letterboxing is a non-confrontational way of supporting the campaign and keeping so fit in, from in what volunteering, I hear from many it's really people. important to make sure that everybody <laughs> has the range of opportunities and walk the dog yeah the other thing we're doing uh, Margot is we're um, we're paying for some advertising space in our local media um, yes. in the local paper um, we are obviously using social media as well and because we're having kitchen table conversations we're, I mean that's a, a small outreach but we're hoping that those um people that we engage really deeply then also become advocates and have their own kitchen kitchen table conversations and 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 intentionally pick that person who doesn't quite know who might be a soft no to come along and we want to get those people in the tent we want to have them part of the journey and hopefully come out the other end you know the way that we see the world hopefully um which is towards a yes outcome one of the things um uh kerry told me is that the yes 23 website you can 
put your electorate in and it'll be Bradfield for yes, Wentworth for yes or whatever. Um, it sounds as though Bradfield for yes sort of came on board before this. You're, you know, you're already doing it. And the, the Wentworth one comes up with Wentworth for yes, convener, Allegra Spender. So, you know, you, you can you can see how the, uh, the, the, the Liberal independents, both elected and, and um, yet to be elected, are, um, are really embracing um, this thing. And it sort of a, occurs to me, I mean, I don't think it's that original, but I mean, if ever there's an issue that will define what a seat stands for, it's this one. Um, mm. So if that Bradfield votes yes, it will say something big about Bradfield. And if Bradfield votes no, it will say something big about Bradfield. It's sort of, obviously, this is a much more important thing, but the same-sex marriage thing, you know. Um, if I can just say something personal, um, uh, I, I'm gay and, and I, I lived on the Gold Coast in a, in a very conservative seat owned by the National Party and I was positive Queensland would vote no and I was positive the seat of right would vote no. And when it voted yes, our, our local member Scott Buchholz got up in Parliament and said, well, I, I thought my electorate said no and they said yes and I'm so I'm proud to support the legislation. And for me personally, it was like a liberation, you know, growing up under Sir Joe, you know, I was just like, oh, my God. And, you know, like... You, you, you transfer it to Aboriginal people, and and no, is just it's it is it, it's, it, I, it's very hard. It, it's mm. very hard. Um, uh, so I, I just think it's wonderful that you, you you've decided to take a stand on it, and I'll, I'll be very interested to see how uh, Mr. Fletcher handles the the fact that um, he is unable to consult, and he he, he oh, must. Oh. He, he's chosen though, Margot. So, yeah. and Ju- Julian Lisa shows that it's a choice. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, Mr. Fletcher has, um, for whatever his personal feelings are about the referendum, he's chosen his position in the party yes. above yeah. his own conscience, possibly, but at least certainly above what I suspect is the will of the people of our electorate. So, it's going to be interesting how that how that evolves, isn't it? Um, in in terms of what your how, how will you ask him for a debate? Will you invite him to various a kitchen table? Will will you try and draw draw him in? This I mean, this is a a very big deal that that the the alternative you know that the person who made his seat marginal is is taking on this issue uh, on behalf of what she sees is the is the wishes of the people of Bradfield. Hmm. It's and not to make a the the big issue here, of course, is this is a referendum. So every individual turns up and casts their vote. So how the Liberal National Party um, decides to play this is somewhat separate, if you like, to how people turn up and vote. Like once it gets through, um, my fingers are crossed for for people listening to this. Um, once it passes, of course, then it's up to the Parliament in terms of defining how the structure of the voice happens and everything else. And at that point, the Liberal National Party will participate. And they have actually said that they're for the referendum. They, they've just had some concerns about some of the aspects of it, including, for example, representations being made to the, to the executive. So mm. it's um, personally, I know I've been a 
policy person for 25, 30 years, I know just how important it is that the executive <laughs> is part of the process because you don't want those 151 members of the lower house suddenly turning up and making laws without the input from policymakers that know what they're doing and those that have to actually implement policies. Mm. But um, in terms of um, Mr Fletcher in all of this, yeah, I don't know. I think let's just see. Let's see if they move on this. Um what we're going to do is just head down and stick on message about having respectful and inclusive conversations with people in the electorate. Hopefully we can bring some people across to the yes, but we're also going to respect those that for some reason don't see that this works for them. Uh, and Kerry, you probably got some information too. There are other groups in our electorate that have actually reached out to invite Mr Fletcher to participate. Isn't that right? Yes. So um, I think uh, around the same time in mid-July, there is an event that hasn't been publicised yet. So I can't really talk about it too much because it's not my event to talk about. But um, yeah, Nicolette has been invited to speak and accepted uh, the opportunity to speak alongside um, the incumbent uh, at a a faith-based event. And he's agreed. An an event organised by a faith-based organisation. And he's agreed to Um, go. Well, I, I was only speaking to the events organiser, so that that was my understanding, yes. That That's he has, really He has accepted big. the invitation. Uh, the oh, well, let me know. Thing, I'd love to come and see that. And I'd <laughs> love thing to I'd come like to your to, forum. I'd just yeah, yeah. love to. So, so our, our forum has now, it's, it's published on Nicolette's website mm-hmm. as a Voice to Parliament community forum organised by Voices of Bradfield. Um, I've posted it as well on the Yes campaign website, so mm-hmm. uh, where you can say you can put in your postcode and you can find events next to you as well as also groups near to you. Gee, so that's our event good. is there. We've already got um, already five people have booked in, so it's only been up like a couple of days and it's already booking up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention is that I'm really delighted that um, – Bridget Kammer, who is the co-chair of the Uluru Youth Dialogues, mm-hmm. has agreed to come and bring hopefully some of the Youth Dialogue team with her for a yarning session on the 20th of August. So something mm-hmm. aimed at a, a different um, segment of our electorate. Yes, it's, it's it's really really encouraging, isn't it, that the the, the Yes 23 campaign is 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 doing a, a a voices for an indi type thing of, of devolving the um, the activism to a local level with some coordination, but but really letting each local area every every area is different find its own way. It's a it's 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 a very exciting campaign in its its concept, isn't it? And it's um I can see why a lot of people would want to volunteer because they'd want to be able to say to their kids what they they did to, to, to their, their bit. Are you finding that a bit? Yes. Um, we, we even have a, I think this is right, Kerry, we have a group of people that are keen to do some door knocking as well um, wow. on the voice. Um, we want there. So, you know, that I know people donned the Nicolette Buller T-shirts in the last election. That's out the door because we're trying to take the politics out of this, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. So this is all now about go and get onto the website for Yes23, get your own T-shirt like that because um, we've got to be a bit frugal with all of our fundraising. Um, also, have, sign you got up. A, have you got a Bradfield for Yes T-shirt? 
Uh, not specifically, no. It's right. the Yes 23 T-shirt. Oh, right. Okay. Comes in different colours um, and we're encouraging people to get those. Um, and we've got a lot of, in fact, we had a kitchen table conversation just last night that I mm-hmm. co-hosted with one of our volunteers and there were a number of T-shirts already around the table. So um, right. we'll see a lot more of those. And, and there's little pins as well, badges that you can pop on your handbag and stickers on your car. Like there is, um, it's fantastic that these groups exist to um, centrally give us the resources from a brand perspective. So we all feel like we're part of something bigger across the nation, but we're doing our local stuff here in Bradfield. And it's magic. Um, the It sounds to me like, what you've figured out is that you, you don't want to do uh, politics as usual at all this year. It, it's a much broader um, uh, a broader agenda, but, but also, of course, it fits in, doesn't it? I mean, you know, you, you, you're trying to find some common grounds and if you can't find it, you're trying to, you're trying to make it so that people don't hate each other and, and call each other this and that. You know, it's, um, it, it's tricky, but, it, but it's the only way to, to get a yes. It's also to, um, yeah, it's when you go past the fact that yes is what I I personally, um, I think it's a really important from so many different levels, but particularly um, just, you know, in my professional life, putting people who are impacted by decisions in the room Mm -hmm. (laughs) to say about things, it's just, you know, it's not just smart for them, it's smart for everybody. Um, It's just more efficient, everything, it's just the right thing to do. Um, but it also goes to, I think, um, at least in rebuilding the platform leading up to the next general election, um, I've really had to reflect on particularly our, um, you know, the 2021 census data showed just how many um, more Chinese Australians we have in our electorate. We have doubled the number of people from South Asia, particularly from India, a slow, low base, but they're now 3% of the electorate. Um, and these types of things that are really putting to the fore, you know, this idea about Australia's role in the region. Mm. And from a climate perspective, I think there's a massive one here. It goes to refugees and all sorts of things as well. And National security? Absolutely national security. But time and time again, I just don't feel we can stand on the international stage, hand on heart and say, you know, hey, your human rights issues in China are on the nose. When you look at the state of things here with our first Australians, um, with in terms of incarceration, in terms of life expectancy, all of these things. So this whole, for personally, um, is, oh, I'm feeling a bit emotional. This is such a moment in history mm. to start with some earnestness, this reconciliation, just this, this mm. acknowledgement that there's just been systemic dispossession of these peoples from their land, which is that connection. And and there's a long way to go, Margot, but this is so important that we get this up. And I think as a nation, if we can get this done, it'll just be those first few steps. Receive that it's an invitation. It's not they don't want justice. They just want to start walking together. And um, I'm hoping it's going to make it easier for us from a national identity perspective to stand on the international stage and to start rebuilding some honesty and integrity and uh, just, I just want us to be a nation with some identity that we can be proud of again. I had a thought. I was on another podcast recently and I thought, like, just say we vote no, how can we possibly have a republic until we've fixed up Aboriginal recognition in our constitution? I mean, it doesn't. It actually doesn't 
make sense, does it? It's it, yeah. it's it's the starting point of many things, whether we go that way or not. It it, it, it just honestly it does seem like a matter of conscience to me, and uh, I remain completely shocked about what what Peter Dutton did. I, I don't know about you; you were obviously shocked too, but. It just seemed to me that, you know, if the blue ribbon seats walked or nearly walked away, um, it, it's pretty significant that the only two Liberal voices, you know, in the first day of debate was, was Kate Cheney and, and Bridget Archer, you know, <laughs> both independent Liberal in their own way. And, and the rest of the party, it's, it's, it's sort of said goodbye, do you think, to the blue ribbons well, in a way? And it I, I think it's been- I think it's important to note the abdication of um, Julian Lisa, um, the shadow attorney general from that role. He was instrumental and has worked over his full terms um, on constitutional reform and he's been part of those conversations with people like Noel Pearson and whatever. So he's intimately across the issues. And um, I had the I had the honour, can I say, last week, um, Kerry and I were both at a fundraiser and um, I had the chance to go up and just to thank him for not only what he had done to um, resign from the front bench of the um, op, you know, as a sh- shadow member of the front bench, um, and but how he did it. I think he was extremely generous and um, careful yes. in talking about his loyalty to his party, but really importantly, why we really need to have a yes and. And that um, that he did it around Passover, and it was just after Passover, um, being a member of the Jewish faith as well. I don't know. There's just something that goes not just to the head around this, Margot, but this also goes to the heart. This sort of moral compass, our, our north star, if you like. Um, and it's people like him, and I imagine Bridget Archer and others that just you know don't go into the culture war, which is I'm tempted to suggest that's what Dutton and that front bench are going for creating a, 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 a doubt and fear around race. And you know what? That's just yeah. just not on. It's just not yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. To say we're all equal, why do you want to be superior? I mean, you just, you know, you just gag, don't you? I mean, really. It, it's just not in good faith. It's not. Or you stand up and try to be elected. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fabulous group of volunteers. <laughs> okay, yeah. well, um, Kerry, I'll, I'll probably finish with you because, you know, you, you've got a really interesting history. Like, you know, you, you told me that you, you had your children a bit later in your life. You did a lot of corporate stuff, social responsibility stuff, made yourself financially secure. Then, right, I'm going to have the kids, going to look after them full time, do a little bit of volunteering. You're almost a, an oblige, um person that it, it's a it's a give back. And what why are you giving back in this way? Like, is it something to do with you want to be able to tell your kids what you did on the big ones, um, on on the big issues, or is it a, is it is it something for your children's future? Is it just what is it that what is it that that's made you commit to such what I would say a very very exciting couple of years with some really great great fellow locals. So it, it started with a frustration of 
I can't believe I'm still having to demonstrate and protest for this type of thing. Yes. So when I finally get around, Margot, to writing my volunteer story for you. Which you have promised me you'll do. Which I have promised to do. <laughs> um, my placard says, you know, why, why effectively, I, I won't say it here because it's impolite, why are we still protesting this? Um, so I'm here. I'm alongside supporting Nicolette and the volunteers because this is how I think I can contribute and make a difference um, and see sort of be, be the change we want to see happening and like other volunteers in Team Nick I feel that I found people that you can have conversations with about politics and sometimes people get excited and, 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 and uh, enthusiastic but we have sort of found our tribe um, and we all want to be the change that we want to see. Okay, now this is a question that you might want to answer, but, you know, a lot of people, a lot of Aboriginal people particularly, when they saw the coronation said, oh, well, that's the colonial um, past and all the rest of it. You're a, a, a migrant from England. Do you feel any special sense of, of duty on this issue given the history on that the, the fact that republic Britain, no that on the voice that that it was it was england that um that that came to australia and said there weren't any people there so they didn't have any rights uh i'm not sure that my upbringing um having lived in britain and come over here changes the way I'm thinking. I went to uh, uh, the local Aboriginal Heritage Office presentation recently where they were talking about the history mm-hmm. of the um, sites around this area. And she was talking about, the, the, the officer was talking about the fact that when the pandemic hit, when COVID hit, and people were saying, this is the first pandemic since the Spanish flu she wrote she got so irate that she went away and wrote an educational pamphlet because of course for indigenous people here and for other first nations in other colonized countries that wasn't the case Mm. and I was sitting listening to her thinking I remember going around the art exhibition that Rookwood Cemetery puts on locally where they have artworks scattered throughout the gravestones and one of the first ones was um, sculpted blankets with uh, they were the pox blankets the blankets that the colonists brought with them and so I am. I will be voting. I will be voting yes because it feels like it's the right thing to do. Because the indigenous peoples have had the statement from the the Uluru statement and the from the heart discussions, and that's what they're asking us to do. So, okay, I'll finish up with you, um, Nick. What is your current feeling about the state of play in Bradfield on the vote? And I'm assuming that that part of what you two, your groups are doing is sort of like what Allegra said. I want to maximise the vote in Wentworth to overcome votes in other seats. And, and my sort of thing is, oh, well, my, my seat is definitely going to vote no, but if I, if I can be a, play a part in just shaving that margin a bit. It's like wherever you live, you've got a, you've got a bit of a role, haven't you? So where do you, what do you think the starting point is and, and do you think, that in the end, Bradfield will vote yes. 
Yes. In the end, I think Bradfield will vote yes. Um, we're really a formally educated area um, and I think the last election showed that people do give a shit mm. about other people. Mm. Yeah. Um, even though front and centre, we don't have a lot of first Australians living in our electorate, I think um, it's going to be a yes. I think, Margot, what we're seeing so far is that the no vote is, um, campaign has started and it's a really easy one to run. It's yeah. just about throwing doubt yeah. into the mix. The yes vote campaign hasn't is only just starting. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's ask. The, I, I I I feel a little bit hubris just to sort of say yes, we're going to get a yes out of Bradfield because we haven't started yet. Um, but maybe that's my personality. We are going to work and leave no stone unturned so that if there, everyone gets the chance to have a conversation, to be heard, to test things, to learn more, and so when they at, turn up on the day to vote. They've got a clear head and an open heart. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm very excited. I'm definitely coming to St Ives. Um, I mean, if if we get a, if we get a, a civilized debate, which I'm sure we will, between um, Nicolette and Paul, I will I will be there as well. Um, it's uh, it, it's a big year, and it's a, it's an absolute honour and pleasure to interview you both. And um, go for it, go for it, girls. <laughs> Thank you, Margot, and thanks too, Wayne. Thank you both. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this Night Bibs podcast. Until next time, goodbye.